Hello, hello. Welcome to the Back Porch Podcast. I'm Corey Dempsey. And I'm Andrew Bean. So this week we are joined by a very special guest, someone who we have talked about multiple times on this podcast, someone that is very important to Beam. Someone who would definitely Sarah Dunn me. Well, in a more creative way, I guess. Amy Dunn you? Or Amy Dunn me, sorry. <laughs> Did I say Sarah Dunn? I just mixed them together, just because she's capable. So we are joined by Sarah Senecal. Beam's wife. How's it going? Hi. How you doing? Good. <laughs> That's it. That's all you got for us. Yeah. Good stuff. So we are trying something a little different this time. We are not doing really a top five list, and I'm going to wait to kind of reveal which movies we're going to be talking about. But there's this phenomenon, I'll say, in Hollywood called Twin Films. Where basically two movies with the exact same premise come out within the same calendar year. So kind of two classic examples that initially inspired this idea were Armageddon and Deep Impact from 1998, and also No Strings Attached and Friends with Benefits from 2011. And it's just this thing where two movies, exact same thing, they come out in the same year. So What we decided is we're going to take those two movies, we're going to pit them against each other, we are going to discuss their merits and shortcomings, and ultimately come to a decision about who won. And at least for the ones that I feel like we've identified in this thus far, because we have a few at least that that are planned out, there's a clear winner I feel like in a lot of them. Although here's the problem, maybe not problem, but I guess sort of the thing that will make this episode interesting is we have a bit of a wild card that is joining us this time around. Total wild card. Who is my wife? (laughs) (laughs) No, there are. There's, There's a lot of these where there's one that just did it way better. And, you know, we'll discuss that on those episodes. And so this one we're going to introduce after our little musical intro. And Beam is going to be doing it Bruce Buffer style. We are mashing. I'm not, I haven't even practiced it either. I just at least try to get the tone right. So this is going to be awkward. We are mashing our love of UFC and movies together. And Beam is going to give you his his version of Bruce Buffer. And it's going to be funny. (laughs) Yeah. Either way. (laughs) Either it's like really good or it's a failure. And either way, it'll be funny. I don't know. We we got a Derek Lewis fight tonight, a Black Beast fight tonight. So I think we're a little excited. All right, so Beam, what are you drinking? Because I am <laughs> trying to go sober for a month, and we'll see how that goes. I think I'd also like to put this into context. Corey and I agreed to do this back in November that we were going to do a dry month. Admittedly, we didn't consider that there would be one of the most consequential elections of our time um, in that would take place in the middle of this. Corey lasted a week and a half. Yeah, I election did, day got the better of me. I did complete the entire month, although I almost pulled my hair out doing it. But we made it. So Corey is now making up for it. He's doing a dry month. I, on the other hand, I'm going to keep drinking. And the beer that I'm going to be drinking is, it's actually a coll- uh, collaboration. It's its its Common Roots' version of this uh, collaboration called Rising Hope. Now, admittedly, this one is meant to raise funds uh, for kids battling cancer, basically to provide them with uh, less toxic and more targeted treatments. Uh, helping to save children's lives. What I like to think is, for the movies that we're doing, there's a bit of hope in each of them, albeit different kind of goals that they're looking for, but there's going to be a period of rebuilding. I'm going to crack it and pour myself a drink. Hope you guys enjoy.
so here we go. Beam, introduce these two films for us, Bruce Buffer style. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only event of the evening, sanctioned by absolutely no one. Our three judges scoring the contest are Corey Dempsey, Andrew Beam, and Sarah Senecal. The referee is... There is no referee, because fuck that. Now, for those in attendance, which are these two people and the one or two people listening around the world, ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Live, but not really, it's actually being recorded in Troy, New York. Five rounds for the best tornado-themed movie from 1996. Introducing first, from Wakita, Oklahoma, the summer blockbuster event of 1996 that wasn't Independence Day, featuring Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt, Twister! <laughs> <laughs> and their opponent, the made-for-TV movie based in Nebraska, but somehow filmed in Kleinberg, Ontario, Canada, and featuring, ele featuring elementary school heartthrob Devin Sawa. Night of the Twisters! That was great, dude. Well done. Really good. Uh, so, yeah, we are doing Twister and Night of the Twisters. Yeah, and you didn't catch that in me just yelling it. <laughs> and, Sarah, this was your idea. Yeah. You you brought this one to us. We We had some other ones planned, and then you were like, hold on. So there's this one movie I watched <laughs> that you guys didn't even know about. I, 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 I had no idea. I watched it like 20 times in my youth. All right, so talk to us about it. What what was so special about this movie to you? I think well, I can answer this. It was on TV for like the brief time that we had cable. I what guess. was it on TV? What channel? I don't know. We I gotta oh, say the, the family. Channel, it was the family I channel. I thought I was Probably. setting her up to like I was no, teeing I her up know. is what I was. Doing. Uh, you think I know channels? <laughs> <laughs> I was nine, nine until I was eleven. I would say around that time watch this movie a lot one because devin sawa is super cute and i was a 11 year old prime beginning of puberty so elementary really, school really throb, spoke yeah. to me in that way um <laughs> and it had tornadoes and the parents are also hot now when okay. i was a kid i was like i don't care about you guys but now John i'm Schneider. like oh i'll watch it for the parents so nice. anyway that's my experience <laughs> and did you did you read the book no, I did not read said book, but I was also obsessed with tornadoes at this time, and I made my family get in the basement multiple times <laughs> in the summers. There was a time though where you actually had to do that. It happened in Mechanicville. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I was yeah. at I was at a friend's house. We were playing soccer in the backyard, and all of a sudden, the parents just came out and were like, "We got to get inside." And <laughs> I was stoked. I was like, "Yeah, let's no, it do was this. it was super exciting. Like you don't devastating for people in Mechanicville, oh mind you. So yeah, sad. no, like but devastating and kind of fun when you're a kid. Yeah, and right. like fuck, do I know? Because we had never experienced something like that. Like upstate New York, that's kind of a rare thing. So that it was, was like event. a really exciting experience. It was like, a big deal. We were sitting in the living room. We were just kind of like walk looking out the window. Like, are we going to see this thing? And, yeah, but also get the fuck away from the windows and get in the basement. And I was well, like, let's open every window because Devin Sawa did that. So We'll get into that. I, we'll we'll I discuss that of portion. I mean, yeah. So uh, it's a crazy movie. Obviously, it's based on a book. Now, Corey. Did you read the book? Did you read the book? I did. I was obsessed with this book when I was a kid. Like, you know, the there were. Didn't even know there was a movie, did you? 
No, I had no idea. But what and about the book? What were your experiences with it? I just I just loved it. It was like a page turner and I was just obsessed with like, oh, these kids like dealing with the with the twisters. And it, you know, it was this book, it was Goosebumps, it was this other book called Man from the Other Side about the Holocaust. And oh, those were like heavy for a kid. Another was, book about the Holocaust. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, that, those were like the books I was obsessed with and the wrinkle in time. I loved that one too. So those were like on steady. I just kept rereading these books too. Um, Do you want to know what I was reading? What were you reading? I was reading a book based off the movie men in black. <laughs> <laughs> I was making up books. Now we know course. where your mediocre taste comes from. I see it. I see it now. <laughs> So what about Twister? I, that was just a movie. I feel like it, I, I don't know what it was. I I just remember watching it as a kid. I remember where I watched it. It was at this kid Brent Karatowski. It was at his house. He Shut lived, up, Brent Karatowski. I, I don't know what he's doing right now, but he lived he lived in Clifton Park, which is obviously like right down the street from me. Actually, literally like a couple of houses down. And we watched it at their house, and it was just like this crazy movie. Like tornadoes were just a fascination uh, that you had as a kid, because like as you said, we didn't have many of them. They didn't happen around us until and they just like come out of nowhere. It's like right. you're like eating hamburgers, and then boom, your house is gone, and you're like, what <laughs> is happening? Hamburgers, exactly. I don't know. It's usually they happen in the summer. <laughs> no, for sure. And I, you know, I they, think, yeah, uh, right. That's true. I think '96 was around when that. Mm-hmm. I think it was before, wasn't it? I'm not. I'm not sure when it happened. Should we have researched beforehand? <laughs> Maybe. We, uh, it doesn't matter. But yeah, like, right. it was around that time that that Mechanicville Twister came through, and you know, I, I think what always stuck with me, and we'll we'll the talk cows. about this more later. But yeah, it was the house. Like, <laughs> so I remember it so vividly. I'm like, I've never fucking seen that in a movie before. You saw it on and the trailer, and you're like, I'm excited. About it. Yeah, yeah. So no, yeah. You were you you saw it in the trailer, and you're like, "Oh my god, I want to see this movie." There's flying cows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what everyone remembers about that movie. That's the lasting image of that movie out of everything. So, what we're going to do here is we, like we said, we're going to kind of pit these two films against each other. We're we going just to, came up with the structure. Yeah, it, we're we're going to just kind of go through different things about it, and ultimately try and decide on which one's a winner. So. Let's start off by talking about the talent involved with these movies. Sarah, so you discussed Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa is the star of Night of the Twisters. Really the only person of note in that movie? Well, I mean, he was already a star at this well, time. Well, I guess John and Schneider was in Dukes of Hazard before this. He's, oh, the he's the one that played the dad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I never watched Dukes of Hazard, so I can't really – I just – IMDb is really it. That's about it. So Devin Sawa was already in Little Giants. Little Giants. And he was human version of Casper. So he's like a star in big movies. And then Canada was like, hey, can you please help us out with this like (laughs) sea level movie? We think. And they're and he's (laughs) like This is conjecture. We don't actually know, (laughs) but it seems that way. Yeah, I forgot that I love my home, so I'm a kid, and then he did it, and that is the star. And then the rest of them look familiar, like his friend is in um Are You Afraid of the Dark? And some other stuff. And then the girl looks familiar, but I don't know. What's her name? Stacy? Yeah, we didn't look her up, really. I don't remember. I mean, I I don't remember their names, but I I was cruising on IMDb for a little bit, and I was just trying to figure out, like, what these people did and were in. And I looked at the director. Timothy Bond was his name. Just a lot of TV movies. What's he doing? Just made for TV movies (laughs) all over the place. I never saw, like, one theatrical movie 
Yeah. release that he did so you know this was kind of his lane good it's, for him but wild that devin Sawa is like hold on i'm gonna take a break off of these like blockbuster kids movies because <clears throat> both were big i mean fucking love the little giants and yeah, little giants was big and I mean, casper Icebox? casper i love too to follow it up with night of the twisters family oh channel God, made for although family channel movie. was hot shit for kids at the time it was a good movie and he had to do something for the home team and who knows what other situations we're having i'm making up like seven in my head right now <laughs> what was his mom and timothy up to and anyway like, i think you know for me i've always thought of devin sawa as like way more famous than i actually think he ended up being like <laughs> me too because i talk about him all the time <laughs> well i think it's really just you bringing the attention to him no more. but a lot of people love devin sawa from like those kids she's times. the only person that i have heard talk about him no i i know i know a lot of people who like devin sawa but we like, hang out with very different people <laughs> I, I guess so i mean we have a lot of the same friends but that's <laughs> literally almost the same that's neither here nor there but like when i looked at his imdb he's got like two and a half movies that i like final destination is okay he was in SLC Punk, which I really, really enjoy. It's a great movie. And I don't remember what he played. He's 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 a minor character because Matthew Lillard is Steve O and then Heroin Bob, he's neither of them, but he's one of the like secondary characters. Right. And then he's also in Slackers, which isn't particularly good, but like holds Roger a special Ebert place. Apparently hated it. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Zero from Roger Ebert. But like I, I I don't know. I love that movie. I think that Jason Schwartzman's hilarious. I remember it. seeing it. I enjoyed it. Ray, it like, dude, Jason Schwartzman in that movie is the creepiest, I think, version of Jason Schwartzman I've ever seen. Yeah, and then you know, Jason Siegel shows up in it in like one of his first movie appearances, like before He's Jason Siegel was a thing. He's yeah. just in a cage the entire time. <laughs> it's it's quite a movie. Check it out if you haven't seen it. But yeah, Devin Sawa just didn't turn into like the a-list star that i guess i thought negative i yeah. thought that he would be considering like the buzz around him when he was a kid especially after this movie night of the twisters yeah so <laughs> let's talk about the talent involved the twister then i mean all right so you get an early philip seymour hoffman who mm -hmm. i would say steals the fucking show agreed he does steal the show like he's the one you just wanted to keep seeing he's acting like a stone dude who drinks fucking soda from a straw, from like what a tank on top of his bus. Yeah, it's just like his way of mainlining caffeine, so he can like watch all these monitors and like see shit. Yeah, I guess. it's, it's PG thirteen, so yeah. it's not just straight alcohol or something like that. Like coke. you feel like yeah, or just coke. <laughs> like you just feel like he would have been. We we don't know that he's on coke, but it's definitely suggesting he's probably smoking a little bit of weed. Yeah, definitely. The way that he talks, I mean, Jolt. and just seems to be completely oblivious to like the seriousness of any situation that's going on around him sorry that's a lot on philip seymour hoffman but again he no, stole the show philip seymour hoffman's a legend mm -hmm. and, so but, you hey, get really early and r.i.p philip seymour hoffman but also uh now deceased actor bill paxton Did bill paxton <laughs> it was like three years ago yes for yes yes he died <laughs> no definitely r.i.p bill paxton i mean lake placid will always Hold a special place in my heart, Hatfield, even though it's not very good. Hatfield and McCoy's, which wait, hold on, hold hold on. Actually, damn it, I thought it was Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton versus each other, but no, it's Kevin Costner. <laughs> damn it, the payoff there wasn't what I wanted it to be. Anyways, Bill Bill Paxton and Hatfield and McCoy's, I liked him. He played exactly who you think he should play. Yeah, and you know, there's this weird thing that I always get Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman confused, and they were both in great blockbusters. You're not from this the only year. one. You're not the only one. Yeah. And I, I always forget who, like who is in which, but who do you think did better 
in their respective movie. From 1996? I think we knew both of the answer to this. Yeah, Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman, yeah. I mean, Bill Paxton's great in this. He he does a job. Um, he but, plays exactly the person he needs to be playing in this movie. Yeah, for sure. But Philip Seymour Hoffman steals the show. I'm also a huge Helen Hunt fan. She's great in this movie. What Women Want, really under, underrated rom-com. I mean, Mel Gibson sucks and fuck that guy, but like right. that movie's kind of good. And I Funny quite like, that he's the guy that knows know. what women want. I know. Uh, definitely not. Definitely not. It's gross. And then the last person that I really want to talk about with Twister is Jan DeBont, the director. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't done much great, but he directed Speed. And Speed <laughs> is so- a fucking top five action movie. Speed is incredible. I fucking love Speed. He apparently made like 20 camera people walk off the set. He made apparently such a stressful environment on twister yeah I don't, that people just straight up well, quit tornadoes it is stressful well yeah because he was ignoring actual like director he was ignoring like actual i think like disastrous weather that was happening during all this yeah i, I don't think that, and blinded his two stars temporarily i don't think he was the best director but i do know he's a great cinematographer because he was also the cinematographer on die hard that's where like he got his start and then he mm. went he moved into directing after that did speed Speed is fucking in the Hall of Fame for action movies. So, Jan DeBont, good for you. Twister isn't as good as Speed, but Twister's still still good. I would also like to point out, I found this as a funny fact. So, there's an article from Entertainment Weekly. Apparently, people like do retrospectives on Twister, which <laughs> I didn't know like this is this like a, a much of a cultural uh phenomenon. You um, thought you were doing something new. Ouch. <laughs> that is hurtful. No, I just did the, like, how many, who is casually going around talking about Twister? You hear much more about Independence Day than you do about something like Twister. Um, but apparently, like, amongst those cast members who fucking hated him, this is just from the story. The environment became so hostile that according to sources, crew members considered printing t-shirts emblazoned with the director's favorite expletive, fucking hell shit. <laughs> I thought so too, but like, I'd be like, "Hey, you're wearing my shirt." <laughs> Fucking hell, shit's really good. <laughs> Apparently, like forty crew members walked off the production. Like, I—that's a lot. Yeah, I wonder if they not being a very good boss. No, it seems it, very toxic. But like, did you like? So there was another. The Cinema Blend had this article too that like points out like these interesting facts that came from the movie. The other thing fucking bill paxton and because of the lighting that they did to make it so it was dark uh-huh. behind them because sometimes it would just be too light outside temporarily blinded both bill uh bill paxton and helen hunt like they had to get checked out like film at night well they what? also they also had to like get hepatitis shots why because of like the dust they used like real dust that they like like just like Wait, a lot of hepatitis from dust <clears throat> oh my god well just think about like shit that's like flying around or like i don't know yeah. unless i read that incorrectly but that's like what i read in the cinema one story which can you get hepatitis from dust i'm not gonna google that right now <laughs> i'm gonna let anyone else fact check me if they want to <laughs> all right so let's talk about these scripts because obviously they're dealing with the same thing, but they take two very different approaches to extremely the different story approaches. Yeah, that they are telling. So, Sarah, Night of the Twisters is is your jam. <clears throat> Talk to us about this story, this script. What's going on here? 
Well, it's what's, like what's going on? heavily Canadian. Um, like the, the dialogue is just like you're not going to believe they're in Nebraska. So that's start. So that's a negative. <laughs> no, it's great because it's like funny to listen to them be like, oh, that's a good bike. Oh, it's a great bike. And I'm like, yeah, we're in Ontario. Anyway, oh, you, we, then, better, we better get out. Then Devin Sawa doesn't w- – am I telling the plot? All right. So, he, so yeah. he wrecks his bicycle. And <laughs> oh, wow. You're going, you're going step by step. <laughs> Maybe not take us through the whole movie. <laughs> it's based on a book, and, but that is actually based on real true events. Like there were, I guess, sort of like a series of tornadoes that like fucked up. Like it seems like a wide swath. Uh, is it Oklahoma? Nebraska. Or Nebraska, Nebraska. sorry. Yeah. Uh, the dad from the football team. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Forgot. And these twisters are acting kind of abnormally and not following the standard patterns. So people right. are caught off guard. Shit gets fucked up. There's a whole lot of family drama that's going There's on. There's a lot of family drama the that's the, centered oh, around yeah. it. Stepdad? Stepdad? I Arthur's guess from California. It was not clear to me. Whether he was the actual dad or a stepdad. No, it wasn't it, the actual it's dad. It's very clear. He <clears throat> says, yeah. I've never told anyone this, but my real dad died. This isn't funny. His real dad died in a plane crash. No, well, it's like, kind I of funny the way it just anyone. comes out in the movie. Yeah, he just and brings it so out. Funny. Like, Well, it was so he could connect with uh, Stacy. I don't know his love interest, name, but who yeah. shows up halfway through the movie. But it's, also, it's a it's mess. Like, no, she shows up in the beginning. Why has he never told anyone that? Like, why is it a secret? <laughs> It's just a secret. Oh yeah, this guy that looks like me that I just keep calling dad <laughs> instead of Jack. Yeah. yeah, that's not my real dad. The whole beginning of the movie it seemed like actual dad son drama where like and he keeps saying like then they had Ryan because I was a disappointment and it's like <laughs> because well, he doesn't he couldn't achieve anything sports, sports related. Yeah, He's he was not an, an athlete. athlete. <laughs> and which I also thought that was funny the mom was like, "Listen, you're always going to be a disappointment as long as you don't achieve anything in sports. But then, <laughs> in like the, until you get a Heisman Trophy, until you get the Heisman Trophy, right? But then, but he in like, still loves you. But in and the I was very like, next sentence, but the only thing that matters is that he loves you. I don't know if that works. That's not great parenting from mom. No, no, Although, that's bad. Like, the, what was the dad doing? He went to go walk the dog and check on the grandma or something. Yeah, but the kid was. Oh, the kid didn't do that. So this is where we are. Yep. See, this is what happens when Dan. So we're telling Dan story Hatch in. A lot of circles. Listen, it is in the backdrop of this family drama. Oh my god! There is a massive like series of tornadoes that are just like being erratic, and they can't track it. Yeah, and so it seemed like what they were trying to do here were was two different things. A, they were trying to make a PSA of how to act <laughs> if you're caught in a tornado. Please yeah. describe that because that's the one you pointed this out to. I totally did. So thank you. Um, yeah, they're like, oh. Hey, that's a little bit of attitude Arthur for that. says, why are you unplugging all the appliances? And Devin Sawa says, because if lightning strikes the house, then they all blow up. And then like, I'm like, watch, 10 minutes later, he tells us to open up the windows. And then he goes and opens <laughs> up the windows. And then the, the weather chaser guy says, oh, the worst place to be is in your car. Most people die in their cars. A lot of foreshadowing, said, too. He says, the best place to be is in a basement. And it's like, it should have a bullet point like, ding! freeze go to the basement if there's a <laughs> it really does feel like that way i feel like <laughs> just point for point if you had a pamphlet yeah don't forget, forget the baby the baby <laughs> we'll, get in, we'll get into the baby part of it i think a little bit oh for sure so it was like a psa of how to act in 
the event of a tornado. And, and then, I took very diligent notes. Good. And the second thing that it did <laughs> was bad. it seemed to try and like make it kind of a kiddie horror movie where it gave off like very Are You Afraid of the Dark vibes where like the ominous music that they tried playing, but it, it I just got, wasn't working for me at all. I got weird Twin Peaks vibes. <laughs> Is that? What? I don't know why. For some reason, just because parts of it were just like so bizarre. Like the way things were moving, it didn't feel like a tornado was coming through. It just <laughs> felt like the houses were like possessed by something. Actually, yeah. That, that, there that's was like a really some supernatural like force that was like sweeping through the house. Well, and knocking that- over a crib and tossing a baby however many feet into a closet while it was still wrapped in a blanket. I don't understand this movie. Yeah. And then <laughs> that that leads to another interesting point is that. This was a made-for-TV movie, so the yeah. budget was clearly very, very low. It was sparse. And, you know, I think they did about the best they could with some of the special effects stuff, but you don't often see the tornadoes. And when you do, it's like for a brief second. That there's one, one shot. There's one really good shot in the movie where <sighs> they kind of frame the tornado in a window. It's and like right like in between the curtains. It. Yeah, it's perfectly symmetrical. It's a really nice shot. Well it, like, it was like the best in terms of like special effects this film had. Yeah. And you know it didn't it didn't have much though because of the limited budget so there wasn't like big action you had to kind of make it this kids movie because it's made for TV on the Family Channel I was freaked out it just doesn't seem like a good idea to me to make a disaster movie for a Family Channel like you can't really like I I I'm not convinced that a 13 year old kid who's going through this twister situation isn't letting off a fuck or a shit at some point because this situation is stressful. So the whole thing is just like, to me, not particularly convincing. It has like this odd happy ending. They're like, listen, 1,200 homes or was it right? Like 1,200 homes were destroyed. 56 people died. Dozens injured. But we rebuilt. Yeah, we and then, built this shit back. Then there's this like weird jump forward to like five years in the future, and Devin Sawa is still taking shots at his friend about not being able to get laid, and it's just like <laughs> it becomes becomes student council president, but still can't get a girl. Not a friend to be found. Yeah, I, I don't know why he had to take pot shots at his boy. Really loves doing it. Yeah, but they had a falling out. That that's essentially the movie. There's a lot of weird stuff. It's. Canadian, but it takes place in Nebraska. There's the PSA elements. There's the horror elements. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. So let's talk about Twister for a quick second. We'll we'll transition. So Twister follows kind of a different formula, and I would compare it to more Dante's Peak vibes in the way that it takes kind of a scientific approach to the Twisters to tell its story. Loosely, I would say Dante's Peak does a little better job, but yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I agree with you, but it, it centers it around the study of these Twisters and trying to figure stuff out and then uses that to build up the action plot points of the movie. So you have these storm chasers who are trying to put their kind of new machine and get it into the center of these twisters so that they can get better readings and be able to better predict things in the future. So that plot point of these scientists creates all the action because they're constantly chasing after these tornadoes and then, you know, also then getting chased by said tornadoes. And what I will have to say though about that is that that I think that's actually I think that's a really interesting way to approach like a movie about tornadoes. When really this movie got approved without a script, all they all the studio needed 
was just to see the special effects like you know test shot they're like wait you guys can do this yeah yeah, let's let's let's, let's make a movie and, and then it feels like you're on a ride at Universal the whole movie. You're like, whoa. But like a out. really detailed one oh, yeah, too. It's great, like it was good. Like that fucking scene. And it's mentioned too, because I think this is kind of one because they I think they got nominated for an Oscar. Special effects. For special effect, effects right. Oscar. That scene where they were able to and I and I know that the director, what's his name again? Jan Debont. Jan Debont. Was totally game when someone brought to him the idea of trying to project The Shining or like project a movie onto the tornado. And he was like, we got to do The Shining. And it's it's so cool the way that they do that, like the special effects and the scene they do with it. Yeah. And granted, like this, it's tough to compare these two because Night of the Twisters was a made for TV movie, super low budget. But like what they were able to accomplish with Twister in 1996, like really cool stuff. So, (laughs) you know. They have great special effects. They do some cool things with it. You get flying cows. You get a movie projected onto the dust created from a twister. Which is nuts. Yeah, really crazy stuff. It reminds me actually, you know, the scene at the end of Inglorious Bastards where it's projecting on the smoke. Mm, mm-hmm. Like that. It, it, it's do you kind think of he pulled from that? I don't know. I know he was. That's fascinating. I know he was actually in line to direct speed at one point. Like Quentin Tarantino? Yeah, he almost like. Imagine took, that. He almost took the route where like, okay, I do the first independent movie. Then I just like go be a director for hire. But then he decided like, oh, I just want to be an auteur and like do all my own movies. But he was he was rumored to like maybe be in talks to direct speed at some point. So I don't know. But those those two parallels just kind of reminded me of that real quick. And then, you know, I don't think the dialogue in this is particularly good or important. It's not really the point. No, it's, I mean, it's really centered, but no, you had an emotional connection to, you did actually even too care about Bill and Joe, because, and I know Bill Paxton is playing a character named Bill, but it's, you know, Bill and Joe. I did care about like whether they would get back together or not. I I, I think that they did accomplish at least a good emotional yeah, you, tie into the you, film. You, you cared. It's not the, as a kid. Yeah. It's not the biggest part or what like lasts from the movie. Mm. But it does it does a decent enough job of establishing an emotional connection with the characters. The the dialogue's not great. It's there to just push the story forward, yeah. and that's fine. It's still kind of weird, though. Like <clears throat> the way Bill gets wrapped up in doing the chase because he's not supposed to be there in the first place. Which chase is this? Well, it's not the chase. Like just in this whole in 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 getting Dorothy out there. Dorothy gotcha. being the the reader. The whole point is to bring his wife, Dr. Melissa Reeves, or fiance, to go meet his ex-wife so she could sign the actual divorce papers so they can get married. And that's how he gets tied into this whole thing. Like, I think that's such a- I know. Like, the first quarter of the movie, I was like, how are we going to lose Melissa? Like, she doesn't (laughs) And you already hate Melissa. No, she didn't suck. You got- You wanted it to be Joe, though. Well, yeah, but that's why I was like, usually, like, if you hate the new fiance, you're like, oh, she sucks. Like, we're going to get rid of her. Like in The Parent Trap. Yeah. The new fiance and The Parent yeah. Trap, the worst. Yeah. Did that's a great job with that about. one. And for this, I was like, well, how are we going to lose Melissa? I was like, I don't remember her dying, so it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to read one thing, though. So the one thing, though, about the plots of these films right, is that I guess to this one IMDb reviewer, there was too many comparisons between the films and that some were trying to suggest that Night of the Twisters 
was a ripoff of Twister, which is very hard to do since they came out in the same year. But I really, really feel like we need to read this review. Are we okay with that? Yeah. Are you cool with this? Hit us. How okay. long is it? It's not that long. All right. <laughs> right? You, you, I mean, I read to Sarah. It's, it's only three pages. So. <laughs> <laughs> the subject, it is a book. And this is about Night of the Twisters. It is a book. I read this book before I saw the movie. I'm not sure who wrote it, but it is a book. Saying that it is copying the movie Twister is a lie, seeing how this was a book and then a movie. I just did a Google search. <laughs> Ivy Ruckman wrote the book. It's a fictional account of the night tornadoes hit Grand Island, Nebraska in 1980. Seeing how as, an, as the event really happened, there's no way it could have copied Twister. The characters are made up, though. I read the book when I was 12 and I enjoyed it. Maybe or maybe I was 11. Shortly after it came on TV and I watched it, Devin Sawa sure is young in it. Well, this is just me saying again, it did not copy Twister. In my opinion, the movies really, or the movies don't really have much in common anyway. It's so funny. It's like a stream of consciousness. It's a book. I don't remember who wrote it. Uh, I just did a Google search. I just stop in the middle and I'm like, hold on. And put this information, you weirdo. Hold on. I need to take a quick second. I want to meet the person who did this. Oh my God, me too. Two out of three people found that review helpful. Oh, thanks. I told Beam to. Punk Rock Princess, 1985. Shout out. Shout out to you. Um, but while while I don't think the review was particularly good or well written and really weird that you're just doing this stream of consciousness review about Night of the Twisters, but she does have a point that these are very different movies. Like, I mean, hey, we agreed. I don't know who who the hell who is she talking to? What chatter is she seeing <laughs> on the internet that is like very forcefully trying to be like, you know what? This is a fucking joke. Night of the Twisters totally ripped off Twister. Fuck that movie. Yeah. Who, where is that conflict happening? I have no idea because these are very All different over movies. Canada. And so <laughs> <laughs> a lot of chatter in Canada. It would be so funny if like there were just people in Canada that are so bitter about the movie Twister and they're just like, no. <laughs> Night of the Twisters is not that movie. Punk Rock Princess 1985 is definitely Canadian. We can <laughs> we can establish that right now. Loves Avril Lavigne. Yeah. Well, who doesn't? Everyone no, is a true. fucking gem. So they're very different, but all of these movies, because they deal with such similar kind of plot lines, there are often connections or parallels between the movie. Mm-hmm. And so in this in this little section of the pod, we're going to discuss some of those connections, things that were very similar, and talk about who did it a little bit better. So Sarah, start us off with the opening scene. You brought this one to our attention that both movies essentially have the just identical opening scenes to them. What's what's happening in these? All right. Picture it. Oklahoma, (laughs) 1970-something. A young Helen Hunt. (laughs) Father gets swept away by a tornado when they didn't make it to the store cellar. How did he get swept away? Uh, by the tornado. Well, but he's holding on for dear life, trying to keep that storm cellar door you closed because he couldn't get it closed. Leave a little mystery. Right. <laughs> Next, <laughs> picture it: Nebraska, nineteen ninety six. I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> unclear when this movie takes place. Uh, another young girl who may or may not be Helen Hunt. 
We don't know. Who notices the chickens are gone. Yes. She goes up to her family, also on a farm, and is like, oh my gosh. And then a tornado comes and the whole family, the mom, the dad, and the young girl, get in the, the storm cellar, the outdoor kind of cellar, not in the house one. And this time, we assume the dad made it. We assume they all made Very it. Their house literally similar. just went, like, it just like went into a puff of smoke, it felt like. Once yeah. the twister hit it. I feel like you can't kill someone in the opening of a made-for-TV movie on the Family Channel. Uh, it's just not going to fly. <laughs> Dude. All right. So the I best- I Twister copied Night of the Twister. Because <laughs> Night of the Twisters came out in February 14th, 1996. And Twister came out in the summertime. And they saw that intro and they were like, you know what? The dad should die. So what you're saying- you know, is that is that uh, unless they must have like uh, filmed an alternate opening where the dad lived? Oh, they did. <laughs> okay, I think we need to preface a lot of your statements. Of, we don't know that Sarah researched any of this, but no, pure conjecture on all all accounts. But I, what you're telling me is that a major motion picture, mm. a a summer blockbuster film, again lined up with Independence Day, and we still remember this movie, mind yeah. you. You're trying to tell me. That just months before they're about to release it, they like scratch that. We need to rewrite this and reshoot, reshoot this scene. <laughs> yeah, I'm so just saying I have it's to very similar. I have to push. I, I agree with you. Very similar. I have to push back <laughs> though on this logic because first of all, that movie Night of the Twisters was clearly made in like two weeks. A movie like Twister takes <laughs> months, so they were happening and shooting around the same exact time. There was oh, enough no, time for the no. entire production team to quit. February fourteenth, nineteen ninety six, is when it aired in the United States, oh. but it came out in Canada before then. And you know what? Some sneaky little Canadian <laughs> leaked the footage to Big Universal Pictures or whoever made that <laughs> other movie. <laughs> Second of all, there's no way. Jesus Christ, you mad at like just speculation that is coming out of you right now. Second of all, there's no way anyone at the studio or involved with Twister queued up this movie and was like, "Yeah, we need that." I think. Oh, well, yeah, they totally watched it. They yeah. absolutely watched it. They're just gonna be like, "All right, let's see if it's gonna compete." Oh, nope, nope, also, not, not a chance. Yes, it filmed in two weeks, but. How long were they doing post? Probably a long time. They don't have- On Night of the Twisters? <laughs> yeah, because they have other jobs. I think it was a night. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Not going to convince me. But Whatever. they do have very, very similar opening scenes. In one, they all survive because it's a made-for-TV movie on the Family Channel. In one, the dad dies, and that creates the emotional obsession that Joe has with tornadoes. I will say the dad had an all-star comment when the mom just turns him, where are the chickens? I don't know! (laughs) (laughs) All right, so very similar openings. I think Twister did it better. Let's go to the second (laughs) connection. Plain and simple, Twister did it better, yeah. I guess. I don't think there's much debate. <laughs> Second connection. Beam, you pointed this one out. The Aunt Meg? The old the old women buried in rubble? <laughs> yes, Beam. <laughs> you pointed- Old women buried in rubble. It's a- They're trying to- I, I mean, it was in both. Industry. No, it was, it was in both. A Twister ripped through both of their homes while they were alone because- all of their relatives are completely irresponsible and are wrapped up their own, in their own lives. And both were found buried in rubble, bleeding, but both survived, even though I pretty much preemptively killed off Meg. No. Uh, 
No, I didn't. Wait, did she die? No, she did not die. I said I preemptively killed off Meg, and then it turns out she survived and it was okay. The grandmother did die. Well, the grandmother died... Months later. Months later. Right. Anyways, similar in the sense of situationally. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's interesting because this stubborn old lady in disaster movies trope shows up a lot because you also get it in Dante's Peak. That's a good point. I I don't know why... I didn't think about that. I don't know why that exists, but... Apparently, and we'll we'll discuss that one in Dante's Peak. I got thoughts on that one. Yeah, for sure. That that's coming on a later episode. But I just wanted to point out that that seems to be a thing in these disaster movies. I'd say it's a draw between these two movies in terms of old ladies buried in rubble. I disagree. Yeah, you want to know why? Why the search to find Meg was very complicated. True. And to get them and to get her and the dog out, which odd parallel between that and Dante's Peak, yeah. but. Yeah, they, 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 the fight to get to Meg and the dog seemed a lot more harrowing. And I had a little bit more of a connection to Meg than I did Grandma Bell because Grandma Bell is out here threatening domestic abuse. Just going to smack her kid upside the head if he's not going to, if he's not going to stop being sad. I think that's weird. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> sure. Got to smack the side out of him. <laughs> this will make you feel better. Whap. Then he won a bicycle. He did win a bicycle. Okay, but I forgot what I was going to say. That's, that's fine. Oh, no, the Zephyr thing. Oh, yeah. She's like, goes on this like five minute rant about an angel and says like, I maybe because I live south of the border, I don't know what that means. Like, is that a strictly Canadian saying? We need someone to weigh in. South of the border. I didn't know what you were talking about at first. And then you mentioned Canada. I'm like, oh, right. Oh, but I don't know what that means. So for that point, it really got me thinking. The Zephyr thing, I, that, I think that was a crazy ass thing to introduce to a children's movie. I just wonder what that really means. So I'm going to vote the grandma death as the better one. Okay. Nobody died. <laughs> But not yeah, from not, the twister. Yeah, not well, from the twister. It sounded like natural causes. From. Do we know that? Come on. She couldn't remember anything. <laughs> she was like, oh, my God. Sarah just making shit up again. <laughs> so. <laughs> the whole thing of this is just going to be Sarah just like, this is what I think. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So the next connection that I have involves flying livestock. Flying livestock, yep. So we discussed already that the lasting image from Twister is the flying cows that come across the bridge as they are monitoring these kind of sister twisters. Sister twisters. They're sisters. Yeah, that's what they call them. Twisted sister. Yeah, that's what I was- Nailed it, bro. (laughs) But these sister twisters that are coming across the water, really cool shot- and then these flying cattle come across, and that is the lasting image of the movie. Iconic. In Night of the Twisters, there is Zero. a gentleman in a bar <laughs> discussing a cow flying around. Because of the limited budget, they obviously couldn't show that because they had no way to make it, no special effects. And I do believe that Twister was like, you know what? They mentioned yeah. a flying cow. Yeah. They literally no. There's no fucking thing. Uh, if only. Ooh, weekend. We have a billion dollars. No, I, I obviously the one that wins out here is Twister because you actually see livestock. Yeah, you never see the livestock in neither the Twisters, and you don't see it get murdered, which is nice. You just see it gleefully flying around. <laughs> True. It does seem to be having a good time. I don't think it 
was. I think he was rightfully concerned that it was it's not, not on solid ground anymore, but in the air. So it it's does. Right up. It does raise a question for me, though. Is this like a real thing that happens in tornadoes? And like, yes. That- yeah. Yeah. Actually, what? Hold on. Basically, the flying cow scene was inspired by actual events. Uh, this is an interview that was done with the special effects supervisor, uh, Stefan Fangmeyer. Uh, he did an interview with FX Blog. He said, uh, "Quote: It was based on actual real occurrences. Farmers after tornado had gone through, after a tornado had gone through, were reporting finding their cows miles and miles away from the field where they had last seen them." End quote. So, so uh, right, that part wasn't discussed. But I mean, whether someone actually saw a cow flying back and forth uh, in front of their windshield, I don't think that was fully explained. But apparently, they were just finding their cows elsewhere. No, that makes that makes total sense. And I figured it was a real thing. I just, I, I, I feel like it's pretty wild. They're they're stuck outside. This twister's rolling through. So, like, I guess that you know what people should make livestock storm cellars where it's a ramp and it's really really big and it has like really big doors and you just well, here's <laughs> here's my question <laughs> is that your cow sound? <laughs> uh, i thought that was more moving them but i don't know what it was it's so, a cow being moved but here's the thing is hurting them in there hurting them in there one recognizing it in time and getting them under the cellar in time all right, so <laughs> let's go to the last connection between these two. And the last one is this idea of domestic tension is really the center of the movie. So in Night of the Twisters, you have domestic tension between Devin Sawa's character and his stepdad. Basically, Devin Sawa is not an athlete. His dad was a former quarterback at Nebraska. And didn't he get is, very far. He didn't become a pro, did he? Well, he injuries he, or not, fuck he, that. He blew out his knee, man. Fuck that. In he, spring training. You know what? That's his fault. And you know what? <laughs> come on. <laughs> Suck it up and make it to the pros. This is 1996. They didn't have the ability to fix broken knees the way they do now. No, but you know what? They had a lot more grit. It wasn't 1996. It was like 1985 true. because Devin Sawa is like at least 12 in 1996. <laughs> And then they had a baby, so how how would he do anything besides what he, whatever restaurant he runs? I don't know. It's not going well either. Apparently no. the bank is about to take I know. it. Very it's- true. But this domestic tension between Devin Sawa trying to prove that he is worthy to his dad, stepdad. Is- and his stepdad just being a dick about it. Like even while he rescued – not only rescued him from being trapped underneath the car, rescuing all these other people, making sure the kid is alive – um, he's doing a whole lot of shit, and it is that's like, you know, stay here. I got this. Clearly, you don't, bro. You're trapped underneath your truck. Yeah, Dad's not doing a great job, and Devin is constantly trying to prove himself. That is the kind of domestic tension at the center of this film. And then in Twister, mm-hmm. you have the domestic tension between Joe and Bill, former lovers, former husband and wife. How did who, that fall apart? I don't know. Is that ever explained in the movie? It might be hinted at, but I don't think even those hints really reveal the true reason. I think it probably has to do with the obsessive nature of storm chasing and the stress involved. And you I mean think Joe's obsessive nature? Yes, yes, indeed. And I think that- Not saying that there's a knock on her. No, no, absolutely not. And she I think there was- kills it at the end. So oh, yeah, she's great. Whatever. Yeah. Suck a bill. And then there's, there's probably a bit of an emasculation factor- 
due to the doctor versus meteorologist Oh, no, thing. he like, feels oh, inadequate he about a lot of things. He's a doctor, though. Like, yeah. He does it to himself. No, absolutely. I'm, this is this is all pro-Helen Hunt. Bill Paxton yeah, yeah, is yeah. – uh, he's bringing all sorts of he's, inferiority complexes to this relationship, and he probably fucks it up. That's, as, as Corey likes to say, he's bringing a lot of baggage. A lot of baggage. A lot of baggage. Wild man, like they call him wild man or something. Which I don't really truly know and what that he, means. I know they alluded to stories about him, but like other than that, like I think Joe's more of a like, badass than him. Naked somewhere, I think was the story. Yeah, because he was drinking a bunch of whiskey. It was more that he was just a drunk asshole, really. Yeah, I don't so, think that's wild, man. It's just, hey, this drunk dude we got to take care of every now and again. So basically, Bill Paxton fucked his relationship with Helen. Bill and Joe, they are trying to – they end up reconciling their Bill relationship. Bill is trying to deny and suppress his feelings towards Joe. Let's be real. Yeah, and so this domestic tension – creates the human connection in the movie, the human element, what you're supposed to connect to. We hate Melissa Reeves for Dr. I Reeves for no her. real reason. No, no, I did not. Yeah, I didn't hate her either. She she didn't do anything wrong. It's just like Helen Helen Hunt was better. Joe yeah. is Joe is way more badass. So those domestic quarrels, disputes, conflicts, they kind of create the human element. I think that for me, the Joe and Bill is the better, more convincing one. Hmm. I, think, I actually disagree with you on this, I think. That's that's fine. And I, I, I only think that way because the way that it is revealed that he's actually his stepdad and not his real dad seemingly comes out of left field in a just ridiculous scene. So I was just like, it almost, what? It almost felt unnecessary as a plot point, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, it, he could have just it, but, been his real dad disappointed. But I don't I don't count that. I, like, I almost don't include that because I almost feel like that whole part is an afterthought, which, I mean, if you really like, if you were to put it in a real life situation, no, that's actually quite a lot of emotional baggage to be carrying sort of into a situation. Sure. But I think that the this whole idea, though, of a dad being disappointed in their son for not – like, I, I'm sure – it's a trope that's been used before. It's not just a stepdad thing. A stepdad thing, I think, is more like a – well, he's not my real dad, but, like, this guy is already committed to, like, saying this guy is kind of like my real dad and almost refers to him and treats him as such. Yeah, he always calls him dad. Yeah, exactly. So I think that boundary for him doesn't seem to be as much of an issue. So in terms of the connection – I don't know. I guess it's sort of that kind of thing where it's like I I, I thought it was I thought it was good. Yeah, <laughs> I like two points. One, if you put a dad in a Letterman jacket and he's clearly past forty, he's gonna be a dick. Like no one just wears those <laughs> and is like a nice person. Like you're clearly you have issues. So then the second thing I Great really point. think it's really I don't like when they put random love stories in the middle of a movie that has nothing to do with a love story but like the, it's I a thought movie it worked about in tornadoes and it's like got a lot going on <clears> for <throat> why do you need to have why like can't can't they just like be like great work partners again why do you have to again like i don't know make the woman be a love interest for someone because why it's can't big she? time hollywood i know and i don't like that so i'm with you i am team bad dad <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. listen, again, they're both like real, like flimsy sort of plot points to have in the movie. I agree with you, the whole love interest point, but like, if you're going to really break down the nuances of them both, like the more realistic one, actually, I don't know. You know what? Basically, it's just you're denying your love of something when really, you know, y- y- your true passion is for it. Ooh, that's like his true passion for tornadoes. He's trying to deny it. His true passion for Joe, and he's trying to deny it. 
There's a theme there that's good. I just don't. Tornado. I don't think it's as well executed. <laughs> Let's not gloss over the fact that Joe is the tornado. <laughs> Metaphorically, also the chasers become chased. There's something there. There's more to dive into. All right, let's not analyze this too deeply. It's a fucking blockbuster. Wow. So let's go to the last part here. The CB radios. No. No. All right. I'm sorry. You've been trying to bring up the CB radios so hard. No, the CB radios is not the last part. The last part, and it's not a connection. We we those are the four that we have. We need to make our decisions here. So. Sarah, I'm pretty sure I know where you stand. I know where I stand. Beam, I don't have any idea where you stand. It's unclear. Sarah, let's make your who wins. Yeah. Well, floor is yours. I think mostly because I am the only one that knew about this movie. Um, which one did I scroll on my phone less during? Twister. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> but which one do I have more of a nostalgic kind of connection to? Night of the Twisters. So I'm going to vote for Devin Sawa for president. Thank you. That's not an option. That was... Night of the Twisters. All right. You just said Devin Sawa for president. That's different from. Fuck, I agree with her. Devin Sawa for president. Let's fucking do it. I am going to go with Twister. I had not seen Night of the Twisters before this. I enjoyed my viewing experience. But it was much more laughing at the movie and laughing at the fact that this is epically ridiculous. I'm sure if I had seen it when I was a kid, I would have like dug it the same way. Like I really dig Brink still Mm. that Disney movie. Love those made for TV Disney movies. Brink still fucking rips. Um, But I did not. And viewing it as an adult, it is impossibly silly. And Twister still sticks with me to this day. But also impossibly silly. Definitely impossibly silly, but. Not like at least they had adequate <laughs> special effects for adequate tornadoes, <laughs> adequate scripts, adequate dialogue, adequate actors. Like it was perfectly adequate in its silliness. Night of the Twisters was made for TV as fuck, and it was so obvious. And you know, I laughed at it, but it can't beat Twister for me. I mean, where where are you at with this? This is hard because like part of me really wants to <laughs> part of you wants to stay married. <laughs> just kidding you can be i didn't person. know that that was a consequence no. but part of me wants to be the wild card and go with the one that you shouldn't go with now listen night of the twisters is fucking hilarious it really is and then you got twister which is a classic an absolute classic you got philip seymour hoffman providing the best comic relief possible although what i will say and that wasn't mentioned in terms of special effects for neither of the twisters. But here's the I mean, thing. The <laughs> Rip off. Come on. Which the, one special, the special effects Freaking that are done off. in Twister, I think that's what sells it. I think we got to give it to Twister. That's the one you thought shouldn't get it? Like, that's one that should. <laughs> no, Twister is what I think should get it. That's what I just said. Your setup said the <laughs> <laughs> No, they're both just hilariously weird is what I was trying to say. Okay. Yes, so your winner is. Yeah, my winner is Twister. It's just such a. It's it's. I love Bill Paxton, and I just love Helen Hunt. All right, so. Oh God, Twister, that's the winner. Beam, we bring back Bruce Buffer Beam for (laughs) the announcement of the verdict. Ladies and gentlemen, after five rounds, 
The judges have have come to a decision. Winner by split decision, Twister! <laughs> Twister, the Twister, Twister. <laughs> Twister, the tornado, <laughs> Twister. Bruce Buffer Beam, everyone. All right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this first installment of what we are going to be deeming the Versus series. Thanks for letting me come on. I had a really fun time, and I will try to listen in more. <laughs> That's my wife admitting she doesn't listen to any of this I shit. listen when you're recording them from the other room, but I will listen to this one when it's Thank done. You. Yeah, we so go. we got Dante's Peak and Volcano coming up. We got the Armageddon and Deep Impact that we mentioned. We got Friends with Benefits and No Strings Attached coming up. We got a bunch of these twin films that we are going to be discussing so follow us on all the instagram stuff instagram at back porch media twitter at porchback media follow us on spotify follow us on apple Podcasts, which is where you can find these which is hopefully where you're listening somehow in some way yeah and we'll uh we'll see you next time thanks everybody goodbye see ya Out.